This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right. Well, good. It seems like we're all in a good mood tonight, so that's very, that's good. Um, I don't want to blast my brother. That would be mean, but, you know, it is a sign of immaturity to justify your uh, sin. I did notice... (laughs) It was an apology, yes, but he justified his actions. I'm just, I don't know. Well, we'll take that up for a vote later to see if I should accept that apology. But no, it's all good. So, praise the Lord. Well, the title of tonight's message is this. Frog. So if you could, there we go, Frog. The title of tonight's message is this, Frog, which is a cute acronym called Fully Rely on God. Fully Rely on God. And, you know, this is something that I always heard as a kid and, you know, learned in children's classes and stuff like that. And so some of these things can seem like a cute little phrase, right? Uh, fully rely on God and, 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 and listen, it's more than a cute phrase. Because sometimes we hear things like that and, yes, brother, amen, brother. And, 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 and we let things fly over our head because it seems so elementary level. Because I could ask any of you tonight, should you fully rely on God? Oh, yes, you should, and I do. Really? Let's examine that a little bit closer. Because I feel, I mean, I'll just, I know about me, maybe not you, but there are times that I am not fully relying on God. Sometimes I seem to be trusting more in myself than on God. Sometimes I seem to be trusting more on people than on God. Sometimes I've looked to, to different things. And even though if you were to ask me at the moment, are you fully trusting on God? Yes, brother. Amen. I am fully trusting on God. But seriously, I wasn't. And I, I just have this. I have a sneaky suspicion that there could be some in this room tonight that would say amen to this all day long. But if you were to examine your life, there's no way you're fully relying on God. You're relying on yourself or your money or your job or your wife or your husband or whatever a lot more than you are on God. Let's get real. Let's just let's just you know, it's me. It's Pastor Dave. Well, let's don't let's not lie to each other. Some of us, all of us at times have not truly been relying on God. And so I want to look at a very familiar uh, passage of scripture tonight. Proverbs three, five and six. Proverbs three, five and six. No doubt many of you could quote this to me. But Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. And and this this is so good. I mean, this is such a powerful couple of verses. But again, we've heard it so many times that some of us are like, oh, yeah, I can quote that all day long. Frontwards, backwards, what translation do you want in it? I've got it. But are you really living it? Because it's not how much word you know. It's not how much word you've memorized. It's how much you actually do. The blessing of the Word of God doesn't come from memorizing it. It comes from actually doing it. Because how good does it do if I know that the Bible says thou shalt not kill? Man, I know that all day long. But wouldn't it be really be great if I actually obeyed that verse? Am I right? I mean, come on. It says thou shalt not steal. Amen all day long. But what good is it if I go and steal from people and they catch me and I'm like, well, I know the word says thou shalt not steal. I know what the scripture says. Then why aren't you doing it? And so Proverbs three, five and six. It is so important that we don't just, you know, say amen to this, but we actually obey it. Proverbs three, verse five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Now, who thinks that God could do a better job directing your path than what you could do? And we all want that. Everybody that's a Christian would say, I want God to direct my paths. But it doesn't just happen. It happens for those that trust in the Lord with all their heart and lean not unto their own understanding. Those that acknowledge him in all their ways, then he's going to direct your paths. But a lot of us trust in yourself with all of your heart. Amen. We can do that and lean towards your own understanding and all of your ways. Acknowledge yourself or your family or your boss or and then God will no. God's not going to direct your paths at that point. You are directing your path at that point. Amen. A lot of us are directing our own paths. Now, we know that God gives us the choice, right? I mean, God gives us the choice. You can call your own shots. I mean, God's not going to stop you from doing that. But just realize you will not get the same results calling your own shots that you're going to get if you let God be in charge of your life. And and, and this is proven time and time again for thousands of years. So we're just going to break this, uh, break this teaching down into three little things here out of these verses. The first thing I'm going to say is, is this. Number one, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And, And let's just let's get down to the nitty gritty here for a minute, because you've heard this. Who in here has heard this verse at least once in their life? Two times. Oh, five, six. Okay. I mean, I know you've heard this. A lot of you have it on your refrigerator, probably. I mean, come on. This is a legit verse that so many people know. But let's study this. So it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So the first thing I want to say about this is your heart is different from your mind. A lot of people will mentally acknowledge Oh, yeah, man, I know God's hey, he's all powerful. He's everything. And 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 they will trust in the Lord as much as they can with their mind. But your mind and your heart are not the same thing. Now, when it it talks about heart, is that talking about the organ inside of your chest, the blood pump? No, that's talking about your spirit. Now, nine times out of ten, when the Bible talks about heart, Nine times out of ten, it's talking about your spirit, because you couldn't trust the Lord with with the organ inside your chest any more than you could your foot. Right. I mean, so that wouldn't make any sense at all. But you can trust in the Lord with your spirit. And it says it says lean not to your understanding. But but that tells us right there that you're not to just trust in the Lord with your mind, because your mind is a very inconsistent thing, isn't it? Because, I mean, just five minutes ago, Desiree said Josh was her favorite. And then, like, a minute later, all of a sudden, I'm her favorite. I mean, that's an obvious choice. But at the same time, at the same time, we're talking about she had to have, for a minute there, at least been leaning on her own understanding. Or so. I don't know what happened there. But that's what happens when you are, when you're, when you're, when you're not believing out of the heart. And as a born-again Christian... You can rely on your heart because your spirit is born again with the very life of Jesus Christ. Jesus came and washed my spirit and made it white as snow, cleansed it, renewed it, made it a brand new man. Now, my mind, it says that I have to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, inferring that I have to renew my mind, saying Jesus did something about my spirit 
But I've got to, he, your mind, that's up to you. You are responsible for renewing your mind to the word of God. Jesus took care of your spirit, but you have a responsibility to take care of your mind and control the thoughts and clean it. But with the washing of water by the word, you have a massive responsibility over your body and your mind, your soul. Are you seeing that? Jesus took care of the spirit, okay? That was his job, but you have a responsibility. And so, so many people, they fall into this trap. Well, man, I know the verses. Yes, I know God can do anything. I know with God all things are possible. That is fantastic that you are mentally acknowledging that upstairs, but you don't have it in your heart just yet. And I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of times in my life where I could just tell the moment that the, that the revelation of a verse went from my mind and really finally did get into my spirit. Because so many verses, I mean, I've known the, I've known and acknowledged and, and studied and, and upstairs in my mind, I, I'm like, yeah, I, I get that. I know the word says that. But there just comes a point in time when you really stop for a minute, when you really meditate on the word, and that truth will get from here to the spirit. And I'm telling you, when you get a revelation of any one of God's scriptures in your spirit, in your heart, and you will begin to trust in the Lord with your heart, mountains move. Nothing is impossible. Things that held you back for years go crumbling out of the way. You really do resist the devil in the name of Jesus, and he really does flee from you when you get the revelation of that. So think about this. In the book of Acts, there's this priest named Sceva, now, that's a terrible name to name your child. Do not name your child Sceva. But his name was Sceva, nevertheless. And so he had these seven sons, right? You've heard this story. Now, Paul, he had a revelation in his heart of who Jesus Christ was. And Paul would go around laying hands on the sick. They'd get healed. He even raised people from the dead. Paul would come up to demon-possessed people and cast the demons out in the name of Jesus. And demons would flee. But these guys... They saw what happened and and they knew the scripture said you could do that, but it wasn't in their heart. It was just in their head. And so they come up to a demon possessed guy one time and they say, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, come out of that man. They had more confidence in, in the name of Paul than they had in the name of Jesus. They didn't have the revelation of the power of the name of Jesus in their hearts. They just heard good preaching on it. They acknowledged, yeah, well, that's the name above all names. I get that. And I've seen what happens when Paul does it. I mean, Paul really gets the results. So we'll throw his name in there, too. It says the devils and the demons came out of that possessed individual. And they had, they beat these boys up so bad that they, they, that they were naked and running for their lives. Now, is that embarrassing? Well, how, how did that even happen? Because they weren't trusting in the Lord with all their heart. They were just going off of what they saw some preacher doing. Oh, he did it. I might as well try it myself and see what happens. But it was not in their heart. And a lot of us in this very room, the reason we aren't getting results in our life like we should be is because of this very basic, basic verse right here that everybody in this room would say amen to a thousand times over. We are not really trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. We are very much leaning onto our own understanding. And so that is a dangerous place to, to, to be. And let me, let me flip over here to Psalm 28. Let's look at Psalm 28 and verse 7. I remember this TV commercial that I saw a couple years ago. These two guys were on an airplane. Yeah, they were going to go skydiving. And one guy looks over to the instructor and says, 
are you sure that this parachute is going to actually open? And he's like, probably. And the other guy freaks out. I mean, that's probably isn't good enough when your life is on the line. And a lot of us were like, are you sure that the Lord can do anything? Probably. That's that's not good enough. You need to be fully convinced within your heart, not your head. It's great, man, to, to, to have that. Under, but listen to me. You get saved by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. It doesn't say, you know, you believe in your head and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. There's, I mean, we could look at so many verses right here that prove this point of the importance of believing in the heart, trusting with the heart, the spirit. Psalm 28, verse 7, it says, The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. I trust him with all my heart. And this is King David writing this. He says, I the Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all of my heart. And we've seen the results in David's life. David really did trust the Lord with all of his heart. It, it was, there was no fooling around there. There was make no mistake about it. David did not kill Goliath because he mentally believed that he could do anything that he put his mind to so he could go out and kill a giant with a rock. That is not why David killed Goliath. It had nothing to do with him believing you can do anything you put your mind to. Just reach for the stars. Shoot for the moon, and even if you miss, you'll land amongst the stars. You know, just stupid quotes like that. I mean, that's stupid. Listen, that is dumb to say things like that. David did not beat Goliath because he because he put his mind to it. David beat Goliath because he trusted in the Lord with all of his heart. He did not lean into his own understanding. David acknowledged God in all of his ways, and God showed him how to beat that giant that day. But it had nothing to do with uh, trusting in his mind. And, you know, I heard this story about this little girl that was, she was, the family house had caught on fire, and she's stuck upstairs, and the house is burning to the ground. And so her dad's down there saying, jump, jump, I'll catch you. And she wouldn't jump because she couldn't see him. And she's like, I'm not going to jump. I can't even see you. And he said, it's okay to jump because I can see you. And for a lot of us, we need to get that in our hearts. We can't see God, but you can just go ahead and take that jump because he sees you right now and he's going to catch you. You just got to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And don't lean to your own understanding because if you're going to base this whole Christianity thing off of your understanding and your own intellect of it, your own, that that's not faith. There are things that I fully believe about the Lord that I still don't understand in my mind, but I am fully convinced that Jesus healed me of cancer. And I, to this day, I mean, I was just talking with dad about it yesterday. It's, it's, I mean, looking back on it and he even tells me stuff that I don't, I don't remember or didn't even know. And it's just incredible. Some of the stuff that I still dig up about that, but I don't understand that. I just, I just know Jesus. I just trust that Jesus did it. There are things that Jesus has done in my life to this day. It's like, how did he do that? But I'm the type of guy that I, I don't have to understand everything. I'm just glad it works. I don't have to, I don't really need to fully understand how my car works. I'm just glad that it works. I don't have to fully understand. I just trust that, hey man, I am glad that this, that, that the word of God works. Now I'm going to study it every day in my life. I'm going to find out as much as I can possibly find out but I'm going to get it in my heart. 
a lot more so than I'm going to try to get it inside of my head. So look at this. Romans 4.17, man. We're just going to, we're going to fit this in tonight. Romans 4.17. We're talking about frog. I knew an old, an old hillbilly named frog once. Remember him, Josh? Yeah. Anyway. Frog. Wow. So Romans 4.17. Because no matter how bad things may look in your life right now, stay focused on God. Amen? No matter what you're facing, stay focused on God. Why are you going to concentrate on the problem, man? I care more about answers than I do about problems. And, and so, I mean, if you're just studying the problem all the time, that doesn't fix anything. I want answers. I want solutions. And, and, and you're not going to get that by focusing on the problem. Romans 4.17, talking about Abraham right here. And Abraham is one of the most incredible stories in all the Bible. Here's the man that's nearly 100 years old. His only dream in life is to have a son to pass down all of his wealth to. But he's 90 and has never had a kid. It just hasn't happened for him. And so, of course, God comes and says, Abram. We're changing your name to Abraham because you're going to not only have a child, you're going to be the father of many nations. And so Abraham starts going around and Jewish people, they know the meanings of names. We live in America. We don't even know what any of our names mean, probably. But but he goes around and starts saying, hi, nice to meet you. I am father of many nations. Oh, where are the kids? I have no kids. I'm 90 years old and have never reproduced in my entire life. Then why are you calling yourself father of many nations? Well, look at Romans 4, 17. It says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations and the presence of him whom he believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And so if you want to be a single minded person on the word of God, start saying what the word of God says about your situation, even if it is not a natural fact just yet. Because Abraham was not a father yet. But God said, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And I'm even going to change your name to it. And so he started going around repeating that and saying that and speaking that out by faith. And it says that we serve a God that calls those things that do not exist as though they did. And so guess what? Whenever I have an issue, whenever I have a situation... You know, a lot of people would face it like this. Oh, dear God, my just, oh, if you would just somehow come and bail me out of this one. Oh, if you, Lord, please, please throw me a bone on here. Man, come on. And P, listen, that's not faith. That's not faith. But what faith is, is saying, Lord, I thank you that you are my healer. By Jesus stripes, I am healed. I was healed. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 8, 17 says that Jesus came to take my sickness and remove my disease. I'm healed. Hallelujah. Now, to the, uh, to the unlearned Christian, I would say, man, you're crazy. You're a liar. You're not healed. You're still sick. Well, I'm going to call those things that be not as though they were. Because, listen to this, the fact may be that I'm sick at the moment, but the truth is God's word. Truth will change the facts. The truth says by Jesus stripes, the facts say that, yeah, I'm sick right now, but the truth in my life is God's word. And if the truth says that by Jesus stripes, I'm healed, praise God, I am healed. The fact may be that I don't have the money I need right now, but the truth says that God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. So I've got it. 
It says that that he wishes above all things that I would prosper and be in health. It says that if I would honor the Lord my God, he gives me the power to get wealth. Listen, that's the truth. Now, you can go, anybody can spout off the facts all day long. We've got plenty of people that can just spout off facts, but that doesn't really seem to change anything. You're just kind of just regurgitating the same thing. We need people, we need Christians that will speak the truth. But the only Christians I've ever met that will speak the truth of God's word are the ones that trust in the Lord with all their heart. Because if you're leaning to your own understanding, if you're the type of person that's trying to just make this whole Christianity thing work out of your mind, you'll spout off facts all day long and wonder why you are in the same spot you have always been in and not a thing has changed. Yes, you love the Lord. Yes, you're, you know, you're going to heaven. That's great. But nothing's changing. Why is that? Because you're not trusting in the Lord with all of your heart. And I'm telling you right now, I've seen it a thousand times that the truth of God's word will change the facts of any situation. Number two is this. Don't depend on your own understanding. Why is that? Because God does not need your intellect to fix your situation. Isaiah chapter 40. Let's look at this. <laughs> the great one has shown up to tell God how to do his job. Woo! Come on. Seriously? Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to look at verses 13 and 14. And I mean, we don't, we, we, we're trying to help people. We're not trying to crush anybody's dream. You're smart. People love you. You're good. You're a good person. But you're not smarter than God. And you do not know enough to give God advice. Because I know people that, that they pray to God, then they give him advice on how he should answer their prayers. Like, God, I really need this to happen by this time. And I'm telling you what, I know for a fact that him over there just got a raise. So I really think that he could just help. Don't tell God how to do his job. Isaiah 40, we're going to look at verses 13 and 14. It says this, who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Anybody in this room, are you able to advise the spirit of the Lord? I'm definitely not. It says, who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? You think you're going to teach God something? You think you're going to give God advice? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? No. Does he need instruction about what is good? No. Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? Again, we say no. God does not need your brilliance to fix your situation. He needs your trust in him. And so many people, they just can't get past it. Listen to me. Thank God for being smart. Thank God for being intelligent. But that cannot heal cancer. It doesn't fix the marriage. It doesn't bring your children back home. Your intelligence is pretty much worthless outside of a lot of the realms that we deal in. And so your intelligence can only get you so far. And telling God how to do his job and trying to explain justice to God, that's not going to get you very far. I can promise you that right now. Well, Lord, it's not fair. The fair is where you ride rides. This is adult world right here. Life isn't fair. Get over that. I'm learning that, man. And we, we got so many snowflakes in 2018 that can't get over this fact. Life is not fair. Okay? Just the way it is. It's just the way that it is. But what is fair is that Jesus loves everybody the same. And the principles of faith will work for every single person in this world exactly the same. So you may not have been born into a billion dollars like some people. 
So what? That's not fair. But guess what is fair? That you can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved just like anybody. You know what is fair? That you can trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths just like he will for anybody else. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me right there. And so we, even us as Christians, need to get over the whole fair thing because it's just not going to happen. But thank God that God has no favorites, right? Jesus has no favorites. The principles of faith will work for anybody that will use them. And so we're in Isaiah 40. Flip over to chapter 45. Isaiah, or excuse me, 55. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. Because not only does God not need your brilliance to solve all of earth's problems, but his ways are a lot higher and better than your ways. Amen? Anybody else realize that yet? That like somehow, I mean, his ways are just always better than your ways. Every time, like you think you have a great idea and then God just comes in and like blows the whole thing up. And you're like, man, wow, he's so smart. Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9, it says this. My thoughts are nothing like the Lord. And in my personal life, I can say, thank you, Jesus, because I have some stupid thoughts some days. I mean, just really dumb stuff. Amen, honey. Thank you. All right. It's not funny. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts who thinks that god has a better view of things than what you have now i've been in a lot of vehicles just like you have i've been in compact cars i drove a chevy avio for a week one time that was like being in a roller skate that was like it was awful i mean a strong desert wind would come through and i about tipped over that was nuts but i couldn't even see past the car in front of me man there was, i mean i couldn't see anything at all but i've been in semis at the same time i've been in semis and I'll tell you what, I can see a lot further ahead down the road. I'm in a semi. I'm a lot higher. But beyond that, just like you, I've been in airplanes and helicopters. And when I'm in one of those, man, you can see, I mean, miles, sometimes hundreds of miles down the way. Now, how stupid would it be, you know, if, I, if I've got somebody up above in a helicopter and I'm on the phone with them and I'm down here in my Chevy Avio. This is theoretical. I would never, ever do that again. But here I am in my roller skate with a pulling the lawnmower, you know, cord to get it going. So we got the Avio started. We're rolling down the freeway. And then somebody in the helicopter is like a mile up ahead. You need to get off the exit right now. There's danger. There's a wreck. You are going to get caught in it. And I'm like, no, I'm good, bro. Thanks. I'm good. And I'm driving the Avio. Listen to me. Don't you think that I should not rely on my own understanding at this point because they're seeing things that I just am incapable of seeing? And that's so much like it is with us. We're down here on ground level. We can barely, I mean, none of us can even see five seconds into the future. You have no idea what's going to happen tonight when you go home. I mean, we can predict. I'm going to put the kids to bed. I'm going to, you know, whatever. But you can't tell the future. You can't even tell what's going to happen a few seconds from now. But God can tell what's going to happen a hundred years from now. Don't you think that he could get a hold of you and, 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 and warn you and guide you and tell you and show you and save you from all sorts of trouble if you would just listen to him? Because his thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways. They're, they're just as high as the heavens are above the earth, he just said. Why in the world would you rely on your own understanding, your own intelligence, when there's somebody else that can see so much further ahead than what you can? But here we are, 
And, and, and so many times we are completely relying on our own understanding. I like a guy that I've read about a lot and I really enjoy is a man named George Washington Carver. Maybe you heard of him. George Washington Carver was born into slavery in Missouri in 1864. The man was brilliant. I, I mean, an absolute brilliant scientist, but he didn't get to receive any education until almost high school age. But George Washington Carver asked the Lord. He was excited because it was obvious he was intelligent. So he asked the Lord one day, could you show me and reveal to me the secret of the universe? And God said, that is way beyond what you could even understand. I'm going to give you something that's more on your level. I'm going to give you all the knowledge you can handle about the peanut. And this isn't a joke. Read about this man. He studied the peanut for years And he came up with, I think, over 300 inventions just from the peanut. Things that we use to this day in different plastics and and, and, and products you use at your home were invented by this guy because God showed him the mystery that there was of the peanut. And he invented so many things that we're using right now in 2018 because God gave him the understanding of one simple little thing. Now, isn't that incredible what what God could just do to one man just from understanding something like the peanut? And and, and here we are. We're going to try to figure all this stuff out on our own. We're going to try to just make it all happen in our own. No, it is not going to happen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. And that will bring us beautifully into point number three. And that's this, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. He will direct your paths. Now, this means to seek his will in everything you do. And I can tell you this much. When God directs your path, three things are going to happen. When God directs your path, number one, you're not going to fail. Number two, you won't get lost. Because I have been lost when I was calling the shots. So number one, you're not going to fail when God directs your path. Number two, you won't get lost. And number three, you'll actually reach your destiny. And it's nice to actually reach the destiny of where you're supposed to be. And there's been so many times, man, that, oh, I think of this time that when Josh and I were little kids, he didn't have a beard back then, but we were like, uh, I don't know, eight, seven, eight. So we grew up out in the woods. Jesse's seen it. I'm talking about literally millions of trees everywhere. And so we went out with our uh, with our cousin one afternoon on a Sunday afternoon. We're like, we're just going to go trailing through the woods. And we did. And we kept walking and walking. And I mean, five, six, seven, eight hours later, we had gotten off the path. And, 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 and we were leaning to our own understanding, which obviously, if you know Josh and I, that's not a good idea. And so... We get off the path, and and next thing you know, we are lost, man. We are we were directing our step. We got off of the path, and we ended up at another little town, like 10, 15 something miles way up the road in the middle of nowhere. And it, I mean, we were total. We did not end up at the intended destination, and and that's happened in real life so many times where you get off the path that God had for you, and the people are like, well, where are you, God? Why would you do this to me? Well, he had laid out the path for you. It says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. 
King David said in Psalm 139 that before I was even born, every day of my life was planned out for me. And so a lot of times we're like, well, God, this is a great plan you had. No, that was that happened because you started doing your own plan. God had a totally separate plan. And now you're mad at him. He had a great plan for it, but you decided, you know, foul it up and do it in your own intellect, your own ability. Then you ended up over here in a completely different town. And thank God for forgiveness. He'll get you back on the path every single time. The righteous man may fall seven times, but the Lord, he gets up, he keeps getting right back up because God's on your side. So no condemnation, but a lot of things that we look to and say, where were you, God? He's like, well, I was over here on the path that I had planned out before you had even been born. And you went that way for some strange reason. And now you're mad at me. And so listen. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Psalm 46, verse 10. Psalm 46, 10. Oh, man, we're trying to cover this. Psalm 46, verse 10. Because one thing, if you want to hear from God, if you want him to direct your paths, you need to realize that God is speaking to us every day. But we have a noise problem in 2018. We have a serious noise problem. And I'm talking about, we don't know what to do with silence. It was so awkward earlier when the announcements came on, I just started yelling and looking like a fool in front of people for no reason. I don't know why, because I didn't want silence. You know, and, and so just, we're so used to not ha- to, to having noise all the time. I mean, I literally know people, there's probably people in this room that cannot go to sleep at night. Unless their TV's on. Don't raise your hand, but you're in here. We know we know you are. You're in here. We know it. I know people that, I mean, they always have to have some sort of background noise. I see young people that have to have their earbuds in all the time, 24-7, because just the very thought of not having noise going on in their life, they can't take it. It'd drive them crazy. And listen, it's, it's, it's great to listen to music and all that stuff, but... When you are so accustomed to not being able to handle any silence at all, you have a very hard time hearing from the Lord. You'll, you'll get, okay, God, speak to me. But let me put this in real quick so I can listen to music. Okay, Lord, go ahead and speak. Let's turn this movie on. I'm listening. And no, you're not. You're listening to, I mean, you're listening to music and a movie at the same time. And, and listen, God is not going to get in there on that. So Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Be still. And know that I am God. I'll be honored by every nation. I'll be honored throughout the world. How honoring is it of you to demand God speak to you, but he's going to break through your music, through your TV, through the movie, through all your buddies. Listen, that's not very respectful. How would it be if I invited someone, hey, come over, I'd like for you to talk to me. Okay, you come over, we sit down, and I immediately turn the TV on. Go ahead. (laughs) And you're watching TV. You're laughing at the TV. I'm listening. Why don't you say anything to me? Well, I'm trying to. But you can't even be still for five seconds. You can't even silence the noise around you for five seconds. I'm trying to get your attention right now. And so we need, and I challenge you this week, I challenge you to find some time with no noise. I'm not talking about, you know, there's no cars outside the house. But but I'm talking about, where you, for five minutes, ten minutes, go without TV, music, noise, other people, and just stop and silence your soul for a minute and listen to God. Could you do it? It's harder than what it looks like. 
I went out to Flagstaff, Arizona for a few days just to, I mean, be quiet. I went out in the woods and sat in a snowbank, and I'm telling you what, man, it was, silence was difficult after a while. I'm like, what is this? I'm, I came to hear from God, but, but I'm so not used to having silence in my life that it was an extreme challenge to even have silence for a few minutes. Because I, on top of all that, I've got lots of kids, lots of them, and they, not a one of them shy. I've prayed to God at least that fourth one would be quiet, but he won't. He talks all the time. Not a one of them, not one. They're all loud and talk all the time. And so it's really hard when you're in that type of environment. But listen, God is speaking to us. He wants to talk right here to your heart. But you have to be able to silence the mind so you can listen with the heart. So much of what this comes down to, the frog lesson, fully relying on God, comes to silencing the mind, the soul, listen and believe and trust with your heart your spirit and so i was going to go further but i think we better go ahead and end there tonight but what i'm telling you is this you've heard proverbs 3 5 and 6 so many times but i want you to really truly honestly get this in your heart trust in the lord with all your heart lean not unto your own understanding in all your ways all of your ways every single one of them Acknowledge Him. And then He will finally direct your paths. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Alright, we'll get our worship going on up here. But uh, let's take a minute. And if you need prayer for anything tonight, we want to be in agreement with you. We want to see God work in your life this evening. Uh, But at the same time, let's just take a few minutes to worship the Lord. And maybe this would be a good time to examine our lives and say, God, have I really been trusting you or have I been leaning to my own understanding? Amen. So let's take a minute here. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.